And on that note. Okay, let's pray. Yeah, Father, um, we thank you for uh, Jesus Christ first and foremost, um, but we also thank you for your scriptures and we thank you for church. We thank you for what your scriptures reveal to us about church. Yeah. Help us uh, to look at that today and help us have a better understanding of what church is and a more passionate uh, understanding uh, and desire uh, to want to see church succeed and to be part of church and to be, and to be passionate about Christ in church. Amen. Okay, guys, so um, I'm talking about church today, as you can see. Uh, you might be able to read that. Um, so church for me and my family is, is massive. It's huge. So um, we have always felt that it's not enough to teach our children to love Jesus, but also to, to teach our children to love the church. And because Jesus loves the church. So therefore, if you love Jesus, then you love the church. You love what he loves, which is the church as well. Um, and so consequently, one, uh, our first son who left home, left home and is uh, part of the leadership team of a, of a church plant. And our second son will be leaving church in about four months' time and he is going to join a church plant. And our daughter is leaving home, uh, it's three or five. Another daughter is leaving home and she is, uh, one, of, on, one of her priorities is finding a church which is good for, to be part of. So um, church is, is important for us and our family and and that comes from our understanding of church and Christ's passion for the church. Now, I'm actually going to be talking today about a lot of practicalities about church, what it looks like today, and how we do church. Um, but, uh, so, but I will touch a bit on, on the passion for Christ as, uh, Christ as well in terms of the church. Now, guys, you are church. And actually, Gothenburg needs a church which is radical. Now, your church will be different to the way the world looks. And you cannot shape church to be like the culture you live in. It just doesn't work because Christ never fitted in with a culture that he lived in. He was very different and was questioned. So your church will always be different. And the way you live within church will be different because you follow somebody who is different to every culture. who creates his own culture, which is Jesus Christ. So church, by, therefore, by that definition or by that uh, working through that, that process will be radical and it will be something which is very different to the world. So when the world encounters you, it will see something which is different. And that's on a day-to-day -day basis. Church is different to what you're going to experience out there. The people who experience you, meet with you, become friends with you, will see something which is very different. And, and for me, this is what I'm passionate about. Because actually this church will reflect Christ in the world, not just by you know, what you say, but when you meet somebody or by your alpha course that you've been running here, but actually by who you are. Because you live, breathe and think like Jesus Christ. And the world does not. No matter what loving, caring charities you come across, no matter what little groups that, that just look after each other and live in a commune, whatever they look like, actually, unless they express the love of Jesus Christ, they will be different. It's just a fact. And so for you guys, you are called to be radical. Your church is called to be radical in this world and to show something different because you're called to show Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at a snapshot of the church today. 
and just have a see. And what I'm going straight to is one is a scripture that uh, most of you will know about, which is the uh, Acts two forty two to forty seven. So what? So this is a post post Pentecost. Um, so post Jesus Christ dying on the cross, post Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the disciples and the followers of Jesus, which are, are, are said to be numbering a very small number, are um, together. And they are starting to form what is church, what we would understand as church in New Testament times. And from this and other scriptures, we can then pull out and say, well, okay, so what should church look like today? And what we're looking for here is principles. But most of what we read in the Bible is about principles anyway, and it will, we can apply and work that in our church situation. So reading from the top... So uh, if you're listening to this on, uh, uh, on a download, then it's Acts 2, 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon, the, upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Amazing, fantastical, a radical church that, if, that actually works in today. That actually does work today. But is so different to the world, they will look at you a bit weird. So how did church start in the, or, or, or how, did we, how did we see uh, 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 church in, in the, uh, or groups that gathered to follow Christ? Where does it first start in the Bible? And I think one of the first things I want to go to, which is, um, which is really sort of looking at Acts 2.44, because one of the things that is really core in a church is a community that, that is together, a community. So here, uh, if we look at Acts 2.44, so we're going to look at individual lines from this passage. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. So what we're looking at here is a community that follows Jesus. And if, if, we, if we go right back into, into the Gospels, you'll get um, the first elements of a community which follows Christ. You'll see that right from when Jesus called a community to follow him. So I'm not talking about Old Testament the people of God Israel. I'm not talking about that because that is still a group of people that follow Jesus, we would say. Um, what we're saying here is, is this is the first group that Jesus actually called to follow him. So, you, so there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a story uh, in the Gospels where you've got Jesus Christ. And he's, like, he's walking along the, um, the, the, the beach part of a, of a, of a, of a lake, and, lake and he's, he's, he's got two guys out fishing. And they're fishing away and they're hauling the fish in by a net. And he sort of just, he stands there watching them do it, fishing, pulling the fish in. And it must have been quite weird, must not it? You've got these two guys, they're fishing away. This is, this is Simon, and, uh, uh, who is Peter, and Andrew, his brother. So it's two brothers fishing away in their boats. And all of a sudden, they're like fishing away. And all of a sudden, you know what it's like? If you've ever been in a car when you're driving down a motor, motorway or, 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 or when you're driving or you've pulled over somewhere, but you feel, you get that feeling that someone's looking at you. And even driving on a motorway, you look like this and someone's like, the passenger in the car next to you is like looking in at you, or, or, and you just get a feeling that someone's looking at you. It just feels weird, doesn't it? So I can imagine Andrew and Simon on their boat, they're, they're fishing away, and all of a sudden there's a... Yeah, have you seen the guy on the, on the beach staring at us? Have you? <laughs> What's that about? I mean, <laughs> he's a bit weird, isn't it? And, it's like, and the other one's like, yeah, yeah, but 
yeah, what was he doing it for? What, what, you know, is he a fisherman? Is he, is he watching the way we're catching? Is he, is he trying to spot our special fishing ground where we get the most? Fi- What's going on here? And, and, and Jesus says, Jesus just calls out to him. And he just says, follow me. Come and follow me. Guys, come and follow me. And they're like, but we're fishermen. And he says, yeah, but I'll make you fisher, fishermen of men. And he just gives them something different. And he says, come, follow me. And from that very point, he's saying, Jesus Christ is saying, come, follow me. But he's not saying, come, follow me and be with me. He's, he's almost from day one, he's saying, come and be with this community. And he's got a community straight away, which he, he draws them into. This community of the 12 disciples. So you've got these two, they come and they, they come with Jesus, but they enter into this community of 12 disciples. It was never ever come and follow me and be on your own with me. Mm. It's come and follow me and be with these other guys. And you've got a community forming which follows Jesus Christ, which lives with him, which breathes with him, which listens to his teaching, which applies the, to the, the things that he says into their lives. A sense of community which lives with Christ and is with Christ. Exactly the same as we are today. A community that lives with Christ, a community that breathes with Jesus. That's who we are, who thinks with Jesus, who listens to, to his teaching, what he's got to say, and applies it in our lives. So that story is uh, uh, Matthew 4, 18 to 20. So if we're looking at a community in, in, in Acts 2, 40, 44, Acts 2, 44, if we're saying, actually, Rob's talk is here is on church, and we're saying church is a community that follows Jesus, but what about when we get to Acts 2.46? Now that's, that's, that's it. That's him. Followed with the, with the brothers. It's a photo. Once again, for those of you listening, I've got a photo of Jesus with the, uh, with the two brothers. And he's just saying, he's holding his hand up, he's saying, come and follow me. He's, we can do that Jesus because he's all in his white robes with his blue sash. Classic Jesus. Swedish Jesus. So if we go to Acts 2.46, we've got, and day by day, attending the temple together. So, as in not, they, they just went on their own. They attended, to, they attended the temple together. So we've got, hold on. But they met in a church or a temple, as it was called then. They met in a church. So you can be mistaken into thinking that we look at lines like this, where it says the community went to church, into thinking, actually, this is why we have churches today, and our church, when we say, what is a church, we say, this is a church. So not that original community of people that follow Jesus, not you, you're not church, but this is the church, this, build, this picture of this building which I've got on, on the screen at the moment. Now if you were to think, oh, do you know what, it's, it's, it's lines like 246 which, have, which has enabled the world to get confused over the concept of what a church is. Is it a building or is it people? Then it's lines like that. That is not true because the, the, the depth of why people have got confused about what is a church and what is not a church is much, much deeper. It goes right back to biblical times, uh, Old, Te- uh, not Old Testament, the yeah, Old Testament times even. So when, so when the, 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 the Jewish people as a nation, when they were, when they were together, they would, they, they would meet with Jesus in certain ways, wasn't it? And so, so sometimes they carried him around with a box, in a box, 
the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, we all know what that is, don't we? Mm. So they carried Jesus around, in, uh, not Jesus around, the Holy Spirit around in a box. The presence of God they, mm. who, who they took with them was in a box. Or they would meet him in a tent or a temple that they had made. And so all of a sudden, if, so if you're talking to those people of those days and said, where is God? Where, is, where, will we, where can we come to meet him? It would have been in the temple. It would have been in that, the holy tent where he's at. So here you can start to think, well, hold on. So if you've ever been in one of these churches, Josh and I went into one uh, just the other day, you get that sense of the feeling that the people who are in charge of the church or the people who even visit that church will say they're going to meet God at the church. This is a holy building. This is where God is. It's got an altar, the temple, the tent of those days in Old Testament times would have had an altar. It would have been the holy, it would have been a holy temple or a holy tent where people met with God just like this building. So it's almost come down through time, all through the Catholic Church, picked up by all, most other denominations who would say that the holy place where you meet with God is the church building. And hence, the church got to be known as the building. Actually, we're not, are we? Why? Because we know that, although we, know, we understand that God is omnipresent everywhere, we know that God lives in a different temple, a different building. And that building is us. So from the very moment that Jesus Christ dies on the cross and is resurrected, and you give your life to Jesus following that event, believing that event for yourselves, for you, from that very moment that happens, Ephesians 1, the gift of the, or the deposit of the Holy Spirit inside you takes place. So you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You are alive, born again with Jesus Christ. And there is a deposit of the Holy Spirit that resides in you from that very moment. And in Ephesians 1, it calls it the deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing your inheritance. What that means is guaranteeing your inheritance in heaven, guaranteeing the fact that you will go to heaven because you are saved and that Holy Spirit resides inside you. So in scriptures, what that actually is saying is that we are then the place where God resides, not here. Actually, God lives inside us. Yeah, we are the new temple of God. So the church is us. It's not the building. It's not the tent. It's not even the place behind the curtain. Because, you know, when Jesus Christ dies on the cross, the curtain's ripped open and the whole of the, of the church, as in the temple and the tent, the holy tent, is totally done away with forever because the curtain which separated God from us is ripped in half. And we, not as a body, but we as individuals walk through that tent from the moment we get saved. And the Holy Spirit then resides in us. Because we then don't have to come to a building to meet with the Holy Spirit. He lives with us constantly. Are you with me? So this is the foundation of us as church. That the Holy Spirit lives inside us. So when I'm standing there in a prayer meeting on Thursday night in Josh's house, he says... Not, I've not even talked about, I've not even talked about the, the, the sorts of things that are going to come out in this preach. All he knew about it was going to be about church. He says, we want to be, first and foremost, a people of the presence of God. That's right. 
and all that that means, which means saved, it means preaching the gospel, it means a community that loves like Jesus does. What he's saying is we are the people of the presence of God. Not a people who have that deposit inside us and then live our lives like it wasn't, but actually a people who live like the presence of God lives with us. That's what he said. So I'm sitting there going, yeah, of course, because that is exactly why we are not this and we are this. We are people, not a building. <coughs> so, and just so, just in case you didn't think it was that one, it could be that one, or it could be that one. So, <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is with us wherever we are. So the Holy Spirit is with us, not just in the meeting on a Sunday morning when you go to church, but he's with us in our prayer meetings, he's with us in our midweek meetings, but even more importantly, he's with us in our whole lives. So we cease to be a church that functions for meetings. So church is not this meeting, church is not a prayer meeting, church is not the midweek meeting, it is our whole lives. Our whole lives are church. And unless we grasp that, then what I said at the start about you being a radical people in Gothenburg will not happen. Because you are a radical church who lives every day with Jesus Christ, not just in this room. And we do it, though, don't we? So straight away, so if, if, you, if, like, so if I'm one of your work colleagues or your university, if you study, and I come up to you and say, what did you do on Sunday? If you're brave enough. I went to church. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You met some people from church, but actually you didn't go to church. Church is every day of your life when you meet with people. So Friday night, I went out with Alid for a drink, and that was church. When I sat there and we were talking about things totally unspiritual, that was still church, because it was us doing life. Actually, we were talking about theology, weren't we? A lot of time. We also talked about wasps. That wasn't... But that was still church. It was still church. Everything in our lives... Everything in our lives is church. Everything is church. Everything in our lives is about the Holy Spirit. Everything in our lives now is, has the stamp of Jesus Christ on it. It has. Nothing is separated, and therefore, nothing is more Jesus Christ. So our Sunday morning meeting is not more Jesus Christ than when we than I met with Alid in that in that pub. Now that's that's actually radical thinking. And there was a lot of churches, maybe even in this city, who would say, "What you're saying that you met with God and Jesus Christ in the pub as much as you would on a Sunday morning? Whoa, that is blasphemous." People would think that. Actually, it's not true. Actually, Christ lives with us day after day, and that's how we become a radical people. That's where church changes. That's where church is different. So we change. Our view of church changes. So I can move on quickly. So what is church? Let me just ask you, what is church then? So yes, it's a people in community, but it's doing certain things as well. So because actually you could say there's any old community out there. Josh's football group, Clubby Go, his football team, which might, not, which might be mostly non-Christians, you could say, well, that's a church. No, it's not. Actually, church is, is us. It's the people with that deposit, the Holy Spirit inside them. And what do we do? Because we live differently, but there are some things which we do very specifically. We worship. We pray. Break bread, maybe even sometimes. 
We do things which are very different to actually what the world does. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what church does. But also, we are a community that lives together. Now, when I say lives together, sometimes people think, oh yeah, but we can't live like Jesus Christ. We can't be like all the disciples were with him were 24-7. I know Adam would like to be with me 24-7 <laughs> and follow me around like the disciples with Jesus. Now, but, and it can't, it can't happen because, well, one, you live in a different country. But, um, but apart from that, even if I lived here, you'd have a job, I'd have a job. We'd, all, we'd both have jobs which were different, wouldn't they? So it's just not going to work. But actually, the Bible doesn't actually call us to do that. It's not actually saying that all churches look like Jesus and his disciples. Because when you look in Acts 2.42, what it says is they ate in each other's homes. People lived in each other in different homes. There was never this, let's all get together by this big house and we live in the same house. And that's how we become a community. That's how we become true church with true Christians living together. It is not. It doesn't. It's not like that. It says they ate in each other's homes. They all had different houses. Well, not all. Perhaps some, you know, if you want to come stay with me, you could, Ali. so so there is a difference here what it is saying is yes we do live in different homes we do have different jobs but we live together in christ and actually sometimes we meet up so i met i met with andreas on on friday for lunch and sometimes we'll meet up in the evenings and sometimes that might be a bible study sometimes that might be just getting together over coffee and chatting about what's going on in their lives sometimes it's praying about issues that are going through life and sometimes it's you know sometimes sitting watching the football it doesn't have to be spiritual which is what me and josh would, would do probably every time, every time. <laughs> so what i'm saying here is living with jesus now isn't about following 24 7 as in walking those steps physically it's about walking with him 24 7 spiritually with him and with the people that we live in this community with. And that is church. That's huge. So if I'm thinking, hold on, Beth and Court get on, uh, gets on really well with Courtney. Beth is just, they're so good friends. And actually, there's that sense of, actually, in Jesus, they love each other. That love is the love of Jesus Christ for each other. So the love that they share for each other is an expression of Christ's love. It's why Jesus died on the cross, to love us. And then we understand his love. So in effect, that same love comes between these two because they see it and actually we are Christ-like in who we are. Do you get that? So our our whole love and relationship in terms of church becomes Christ-like. And and that's how community works amongst us. So community, do you know what? When you, when you go to work, so, if, so I was an accountant, so if I worked in an office with my accountant pe- people, some of those became friends, but most of them I would go into work and I would see them quite a few hours a week, but then I would say goodbye and that would be it. I mean, sometimes conversation developed into spiritual things, sometimes it didn't. Mostly it was about work, and I couldn't sit there and talk about Jesus, Jesus all the time when actually I was trying to understand what figures were, and they were trying to understand what figures were. If, what with us, it's different. With church, actually, you share... When, sh- when it talks about sharing lives, when we're sharing lives, we are sharing actually what deeply goes on with us. So there should be an openness in church. Now, I'm not saying, therefore, Becky needs to share everything about her life with everybody in the room, because that doesn't have to happen that way. But Becky should be able to say, 
there is some people in here that I can, if I know I've got something that I'm struggling with, I could share that with. Mm. And the same for Alice. <laughs> so Alid has shared with me about his fear of wasps so thank you Alid I felt that was really open and vulnerable and I'm not going to say that to anyone <laughs> keep it to yourself but there is a degree of actually so, what, so why why can Becky share things with, with some people in this room is because she trusts them and why does she trust them because they've already demonstrated to her the love of Jesus Christ. And there is a trust that comes with that love of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, what we are seeing here is true church, true community built around Jesus Christ. Now, actually, some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, there's no one I really trust here. Well, what I would say to you guys is we have a room full of people who love Jesus Christ, and you can build that. You can build that. So start making friends. Because actually it, is, actually, it is sometimes difficult for us to, to form that sort of, those sort of relationships in church. Not for Alice, because you've got me. <laughs> <coughs> so even Romans 16, Romans 16, 5, it, it, it actually says, greet also the church in their house. So church actually was, you know, that there was church in their house, and it was people in their house and it wasn't that's not saying church in their house the meeting in that house it's talking about people sometimes getting together over a meal coffee that's or, or being known who would go to all gather to one house but it wasn't the church as we would see it as a as a formal structured meeting it would be more to do with us as a community living together and being together in that sort of relationship so this is community so here's me thinking, so I didn't prime these two, but I did ask them. I said, what do you think of church? So I asked both Verity and Courtney. Um, so Verity, do you want to come up? Just say, just say, uh, this is not, don't talk about necessarily about whatever you want to. What do you think about church, this church and being part of this church? Come up. Um... <laughs> church um, uh, is a community but it's also family to me it's a place where I can come and bring the week with me and, and share it and also be that person for other people it's a place where I can be accountable with people it's a place so where being, I being real being people, real yeah. yeah exactly um, and that doesn't have to be here it can just be when Courtney and I sit and have a cup of tea on a, on a um, evening after work, it could be at work sometimes, it could be in any place, but it's a place for me where I know I can come and be myself and share life and, and also be that person for other people to share life with too. So for me, church is, is family. So family. So that's an aspect that I hadn't talked about. But actually what Verity is talking about there, so when she talks about church as being family, actually family is where, in theory, it's our most closest relationships are, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So what Verity is saying here is she feels family here, really close relationships. That's fantastic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, I hadn't, I haven't prepped her for it. I just went up to her in the pub and said, Verity, what do you think about church? And can you speak on Sunday about, just give us a few things about what you, what you think about church? And, and it's just fantastic. So what she's saying here is what's absolutely key for her is church but in the sense of community thank you very much Verity Courtney yep. 
Um, so very similar to me, I think when I moved here, I was looking for a church that felt like family. And I actually prayed for that. And then I met a group of people and that feeling came like really, really quickly. Um, and I think that was totally God's provision in bringing me into a group of people who were kind of in the same stage of life as me. So it made it really easy to share the everyday with each other, like V was saying. Um, yeah, and I think it's also about being with people that can really see you and challenge you. They kind of see where you need to grow and kind of, um, I think in this group of people, I felt really like they saw what God was trying to call out in me. Mm -hmm. And they identified that and said, I think that you can grow in this. Mm -hmm. Here's an opportunity. And we're so encouraging. And uh, Josh and Nina like do that all the time. <laughs> and sometimes it's annoying. Like this morning, Josh, <laughs> you could tell I had something to share and he was giving me the evil eye until I did it. But, uh, but it's good. It's what I need. And I think like being pushed to grow, that's something that does come with family. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. So they're not just saying these. These are saying those were almost word for word for what they shared with me in the first place. So I'm talking about community as I see it in the Acts two forty two to forty seven passage. Eating each other's homes, share their possessions mm. to give to each other as they had need, um, praying, that sort of thing. All things which involve each other, um, which is absolutely core. In, a com in community living and these guys are coming up here and saying that's what they experience in church so what we're saying is that's me and these two is that actually church is much much more than this building church is much much more than a group of people out in the world but actually it's a sharing of Christ amongst us this is Jesus' church we are Jesus' church and we together are Jesus' church the way we are together and that comes out between us in such a phenomenal way that it roots you, it builds foundations. Thank you, Ali, in the, in the worship time this morning, as, as Ali brought. It's just amazing what Christ does with us. It leads us on, it provides us with family. So it's just amazing what, what church does with us and what it is. So, there's also evangelism. Let me just say evangelism quickly. So uh, evangelism is something the church does. So this church, if it doesn't preach the gospel, there are churches out there that don't preach the gospel, so let me just say, it's not, I'm not saying they're not churches, but for me, one of the core attributes of a church is it preaches Jesus Christ, because that's what he's asked us to do. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, uh, go and make disciples of all nations and teach them basically what I've taught you. It's huge. And Alpha Course here, you guys sharing with different people, is massive. It's absolutely huge about who you are as church. So a, let me just say, so a world missionary organisation is not a church. So we have got a friend who we sent off with WEC, which is a, a world missionary organisation, WEC. Now, when I put it in the internet, because I didn't actually know what it stood for, it came up with World Extreme Cage Fighting. <laughs> and I had... I was a bit worried about sending her off, because she's a slight girl, she's quite thin, and I thought, oh, I'm not sure you've had any fighting experience. So, um, But it's World Evangelism Crusade, and actually, what they do is fantastic. It's like it's all like, like OM... Um, 
and other world missionary organisations, what they do is they go into countries and they preach Jesus Christ and they see people saved, which is great, and I like that, but actually it's not on its own it's not church. Now WEC have started to work with New Frontiers in places like China, so they will go in, send missionaries in, see people being saved, but they work with our underground churches in connecting them together and building people into what is actually church. Because WEC are recognising that actually church is really important, and they are not church. And they never will be, because their role is different. They're saying that we're an organisation which is about evangelism. That's not church. And if we start to see organisations like that as church, then we lose family, we lose this loving encouragement and bring up. We lose all those things. Although WEC does say it's a family, it's a different sort of, it's not church in this way. And, th and that's what we have to say about all of our meetings. This Sunday meetings is not church. Prayer meetings are not church. Our midweek meetings are not church. World missionary organisations are not church. Church is bigger than those, those things. It's about the way we live together. It's about the way we share Christ together. That's what church is about. It's about the way we take Jesus to the, to, to the world. All these things. Okay, so... Here I am with all those things, but let me bring... Let me, so, which is all really exciting. We love all that stuff about community, and we love the fact that we can... I love the fact that I can go to Alid and I can share things with Alid if I wanted to. About my... All sorts of things. <laughs> but we can, because we are family. We can do that. But, actually, church is more than that, because then we start to look in, in, in the Bible, and actually, Jesus doesn't leave us with, as just this group of people that could just be together bumbling along, but actually starts, to, what, the, what the Bible does is it puts structure on church. Now that is, now we have to be very careful with that because what you see in some places is the structure then starts to take away what we've been discussing here as which is real church because the structure becomes the organisation and that is seen as the church. So even <coughs> people in the church will go to the church leaders and say, what is the church going to do about this? But actually that person is the church. Do you understand? So all of you are church. So you can't go to, to, to Josh and say, Josh, what is this church going to do about this? Because actually you are the church. So structure and organisation never replaces what we are discussing here as being church. But when you get to, when you get to script, scriptures like, uh, that's a salvation, when you get to scriptures like Philippians uh, 1, 1 to 2, it gives us a structure for church. So Paul and Timothy who are writing as apostolic servants, in this case, the servants of Jesus Christ, are writing to all the saints in Jesus Christ at Philippi with the overseers, for which you can read elders, and deacons. Grace to you and peace from, our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So you've got almost a, three levels of structure, which the New Testament is saying this is a good thing to have in your, in your church. Now, we are constantly fighting to build church in a biblical way. We are not going to say to you, we have just seen, if Josh wanders in one day and says, I've just seen, I know what it says in the Bible, guys, but I've just seen this thing that's really working in, in America, and they've got like 15,000 people in one church, it's going to grow our church massively. That No, actually, what we try and do is church according to what's in the Bible. This is where we get how we do church. So when it appears, it says to the saints, which is all of us, 
overseers which are elders, and deacons which is another form of, of leadership in, in the church. This is what we try and build into our church. So where we see this as wrong in the world, not in the world, where we see this wrong in churches, is churches often go for a single leader leading a church. The pastor, the reverend, the father, whatever you like to call it. There's loads of different names for that, for that one single leader. The Bible never, ever says this one person is leading this church. It just doesn't say it. It actually says, so when it says, um, gather together all of the elders from the church in Ephesus so that I can speak to them, this is Paul, so I can speak to them, it talks elders, it always talks plural. There is no room for us, if we're following a biblical pattern, to go for a single leader. It's just not in the Bible. Now, we could say, oh, perhaps they just forgot to put it in. But actually, we don't believe that, do we? Because we don't believe that the Bible is infallible in that way. So Josh, who is leading this church plant, which is not a church yet, but it is church, if you understand, as in a community of church, one day it will come a time where he will have to have el- we will have elders in this church, and that elders, those elders will be plural, more than one. Because that's the structure we see in the Bible. So, so actually what we're saying is, all churches out there, if they are following what it says in the Bible, should have plurality of leadership, and perhaps we should call them elders. I would be happy if they called them something else, but as long as it had that plurality of leadership, because that's the principle here, not the name. The principle is plurality of leadership. It's huge, because then it means you can't have one leader who goes wrong. I'm not saying that Josh has gone wrong. <laughs> but it means that you've got a leadership team that works together and can talk to each other about what's going on they're bouncing, bouncing ideas off each other they are seeking God together to know what God is saying for the church together and they do it together so that if one person does it it's so much more easier to go wrong if you've got a team doing it so it doesn't surprise me that actually God feels that the best way to lead a church is through a polarity of leaders it's not in there. There's no role that actually says one pastor should lead a church, which I've seen. So I've even seen this huge, I was looking at it the other day, this thing where it talks about the structure of church, and it says a pastor, elders, deacons. A pastor isn't in there. The gift of being a pastor is in there. But that doesn't say that's one pastor who leads a church. In the same way as the gift of an evangelist is in there, but it doesn't say one evangelist leads the church. I don't know where, I don't know where we've gone wrong on that one, to be honest. So we look at, we're looking at structure of church, and this is not just saying, okay, at Philippi we're going to have this structure, at the next church we're going to have a different one. What Paul is saying is we're setting out a blueprint for church. Now, actually, some, sometimes you might say, actually, well, do you know what? In, in this situation, Josh hasn't been able to walk in with elders and work, work, work in priority. He hasn't, because we can't, we've, you know, that we're moving towards that. So God's best plan is on Josh's heart. I want to move towards what God's best plan for this church is. Not, so it's not here yet, but Pastor Josh. <laughs> Father Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Father Josh is not who he is. Pastor Josh is not who he is. At the moment, he leads this church plan, but he is working towards plurality, plurality of eldership. Not because New Frontiers do it that way. If, he's, if that is his attitude, then he's wrong. It's because he sees it in the Bible. It's not because I say it. It's because it's there. It's in the Bible. That's why we do these things. So we're looking always, what is in the Bible? What works today? 
So I challenge, guys, I challenge you guys, be part of a church which is biblical, which tries as best it can to be a model like this that works, that works in a biblical way, because that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for a church where a community is being compassionate, it does lives together. Why? Not because Verity says, Courtney says, it's because it's in the Bible. We're fighting for a church that preaches the gospel. Why? Because it's in the Bible. We're fighting for a church where there's a structure. So I love Josh's start. He said, guys, yeah, Ali's going to lead us in worship, but it's not just him leading. We all lead here. We all lead in worship here. I loved it when he said that. So we're fighting here not, not for a... Where was I on that one? We're, we're, I've, got, I've got here. So this is without him knowing who's going to make that comment. A church where the structure is that everyone can be involved. Did you read my notes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> I've got a password on here. You don't know that. A, char- a church where the structure is where everyone can be involved. That's absolutely key. So we don't want churches where you've got 500 people, where you've got, fo- you've got three people down the front who are doing all the leading, and you've got a band at here who are doing the, the, the latest songs, which are really great, and the rest of the church is just singing the songs. Actually, you participate in church. That's what it says in the Bible. This is God's best plan for church. Participative, where we're all... So we're all, this word here... Saints, we are all saints together. We all participate in this saints church meeting. This is church, guys. This is what it says in the Bible. I love it. That I'm passionate about this because everything I see and hear about church, I just love. I, there's nothing in here. I look at this and think, God, you should have had me on the, on the, on the, on the, on the design team because I think I could have just tweaked that a bit. Not a lot. Just tweaked it a bit. I'm not saying God's wrong. Just tweaked it a bit to change. There's nothing that I can see. I love every bit that he's put in here. I just love it. And I'm passionate about it because the core of it is always, always Jesus Christ. The thing that leads us out is always Jesus Christ. We had that in worship through and through, didn't we? It was Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. I love it. So we're a church full of grace, not law. Why? Because it's in the Bible. We're a church which which has new life and lives it to the full because it's in the Bible. We're a church that's passionate about the presence of God. Why? Because Josh said it on, fr- on Thursday night at the prayer meeting. But why did he say it? He said it because it's in the Bible. We're a church. This is a church which puts God first because it says it in the Bible. Guys, this is why I'm passionate about church. So I'm going to finish off with this. And this is my final finishing bit. If I can get to it. If none of that, if none of that encourages you to be passionate about church, you need to look at these three, two lines in Ephesians and understand Jesus' heart for the church. So first one, Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. And then the next line is husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is even more important reason that you guys should be passionate about the church than any of what I've been talking about. Than even living comfortably in this fantastic community. It is because Christ loves the church to the point of 
giving himself up to her. Not even to that point, it goes way over that point. He gives himself up for her on the cross. He died for what you're sitting amongst here. He died for this blueprint that, that his father put in scripture. He died for that. Now we say, oh yeah, he died for the individuals. Yes, he did die for the individuals, but he died for the individuals to, be, to come and follow him in a community which is church, which is all the way which I've, with this route I've just taken, this pathway I've just taken. But it starts and finishes off, off with Christ is himself its saviour. And although he's just talking to husbands, he's actually reflecting on Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. It's for you as individuals, but what we experience. So if anyone's listening, that's me just knocking a coffee cup over. And uh, the worst of it is, I just think it filled my boot up. So I've got to switch it up. So guys, let's, let's, I'm going to pray this over you guys. I'm going to pray this over you because for me, this is, this is core in, 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 in church. What you believe about church, what you think about church. Father, we love church. We love what you're saying about church in scripture. But of all the things that we see which excites us about church, it's the fact that Jesus Christ is its saviour. That he gave himself up for everybody in church, for church itself, that collection of people. And Father, he, he loved it, and the reason he gave himself up for it is because he loved it so much. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Father, our hearts are that we also love the church. And although we're not called to die for this church or any church, actually we are called to be sacrificial in our loving for the church. We are called to put ourselves on the line for this church. We are called to go in uncomfortable situations and preach the gospel for Jesus' church. We are called to participate on a Sunday morning for Jesus' church, for your church, Father. Father, we pray, fill this church with your Holy Spirit. Let this church be a church of the presence of God. Let this church be a, a church which puts, which puts you first, which always holds at its core Jesus Christ, which always has Jesus Christ leading out. Father, we pray those we pray those things. We ask those things of you to put those in our hearts through your Holy Spirit, that deposit which is inside us, and to set a passion for Jesus, a passion which burns for both Jesus Christ and the things he loves, which is his church. Amen. 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 That's absolutely superb. Just before you go, guys, just want to very quickly say, what Rob has brought to us there is absolutely foundational. It's so important. Part of the role is, of the apostle is to lay foundations. And what he's done there is a foundation that's so, so important. That's being recorded. I'm going to send that out um, on the uh, messenger. If anyone's not part of that, you can become part of that or contact me. Um, thank you so much, Robert, for serving us there. It's brilliant. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you're up for staying, lunch.